Welcome once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast, my friends. I know it's late this week and that's why we had the Hosier introduction because let's face it, it's all his fault. I'd usually be sitting on me couch of the Sunday evening, lads, making sure I had the last few bits and pieces sorted out for the podcast. But no, this week I was in Globen after a wonderful day and afternoon with the family uh, celebrating all sorts of things, getting everybody to get a big Hosier fans in the household and we went off to Globe to watch him and by the time I got back I was too worn out to do anything and to be honest we had actually hoped to nab the man himself Mr Andrew Hoserboard and maybe get a word for the Irish and Sweden podcast and the chances of that increased immeasurably last week when I got a message from my good friend Sinead Madden. Now Sinead you will have heard on the Global Gale podcast on a very early episode that might have even been the very first episode of it Sinead's a very good friend of mine from way back. Uh, she's from County Mayo, a brilliant musician herself, tremendous fiddle player. But um, for the last 11 years, she has worked as the pro- uh, production coordinator for Def Leppard. And she recently finished up with them and now she's working with Hosier. And she, didn't she send me a message on Facebook there going, how are you hold? I'll be on my way to Stockholm now for to kick off this Hosier tournament. Oh, deadly. We should be able to snake in there and maybe get an odd question for Hosier. But it wasn't to be. Well, we kept the spot open, if you like, on the podcast. But uh, it was to be. We met Sinead at the gig and it was brilliant to see her. The last time I saw her, it was actually in the same venue at Globe and she was there working with Picture of This, who also played over the weekend. So it was a very busy weekend of music and it was fantastic. Hozier is a tremendously talented artist. Amazing show altogether. Brilliant guitar playing, brilliant singing. It was just fantastic altogether. I've been to a lot of concerts this year, which I haven't actually done in the past. It's been, uh, I suppose, once your kids grow up a little bit and you don't have to get babysitters and that kind of thing, you find your way back to these things. Should I be threatening? Neil Costigan on the amount of attended concerts now in 2024 I would wager I hope you're all well as I'm coming to you uh, it should have come out on the Monday as mentioned but it was just up to me years yesterday and uh, that's part of the thing I just had to prioritise other things so now I'm putting this together for you and hoping uh, that you're all ready and set to enjoy it the snow was absolutely teeming down in Stockholm this morning so the winter is definitely here and I was talking to somebody from Enterprise Ireland there this morning who was based in Visby uh, in Gotland and she was saying that you know they never get uh, snow there but my god there was plenty of snow there as well so we're getting a good old fashioned Swedish winter we haven't had one for a few years where it snowed this early and stuck around I hope it does stick around because uh, I don't be, I don't, wouldn't be a fan of the green Christmases here lads where there's no snow to the ground wouldn't be a fan of that at all I hope your Christmas preparations are going well we're getting very much into the social aspect of Christmas in the coming weeks uh, this coming Saturday, December the 2nd, you have the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden is having its gala dinner. The Beacon Award will be presented again this coming Saturday night. But during the afternoon there, lads, a reminder that from 2 until 4 there, you'll have loads of Irish companies there. I will be there. The podcast will be there. We'll be talking to people there. That will be your Monday morning episode. But it's a great opportunity to network, right? So if you're working for any of the state agencies, if you're working for anybody, just get down there and meet people and see what's going on. There's a lot of great Irish companies working over here and they're forever uh, looking to talk to people and looking for opportunities and looking to learn from people and no doubt there are companies here that could be supplying one another there could be options all over the place on that front so do get down to the Elite Marina Hotel here in Stockholm between 2 o'clock and 4 o'clock on Saturday and I'm sure if you still want to book a ticket for the gala dinner that evening you can do so Uh, if you go to the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden just give them an L Google there go to their website and have a look and see what's going on there as I say I'll be there both in the afternoon and in the evening 
evening and I'm very looking forward very much looking forward to seeing you all there as well and uh, celebrating the Irish uh, Chamber of Commerce and the Irish businesses that are operating in Sweden and the great achievements of people here right this week's story is an interesting one and it gets more interesting the longer we get into it I got a message f- recently from uh, Facebook is deadly I don't read any of the updates I just go in there and use Messenger but uh, a good friend of mine Matt Falk that I worked at uh, Reuters with back in the day got in touch with me I says look there's a fella here working with me He's working for a local newspaper now. And he says, his name is Jim Smith Rienström. And he has a fantastic story. He's forever telling yarns around the office about his granda. And I went, all right, tell me more, Mats Falk. And he says, well, it turns out that Jim, uh, Jim's granddad came over to Sweden in the late 1950s, early 1960s, and basically created a life for himself here and started off again. And I was going, okay, this is of particular interest to me right now, because in the recent past, we have been talking to the Swedish Irish Society because the 75th anniversary is coming up next year. And obviously, one of the things to do is to look at the history of the Irish community in Sweden and to go back as far as we can with those living memories that we have of it. So I said, right, Jim Smith Rienstrup, get yourself down here and I shall bring you into my little studio and we shall talk about your granddad and his odyssey from the Ireland of the 1950s and the 1960s and how he ended up over here in Sweden as probably one of the first modern members of the community here. So here he is. Now, let's, don't be tuned out straight after the interview because there's loads of other stuff I have to tell you, right? Uh, especially something I discovered in relation to this interview that I'll tell you a little bit later on. But enjoy this one and uh, stay tuned after the break, after the interview, and I'll bring you a little bit more information about it. Jim, this is one of those stories that the minute you said it to me, I went, I need to hear about this. Who is your granddad, your grandfather? My grandfather, Patrick, um, was raised in, in Ireland. Um, in a, like a village or a house called Dunmanway, and it's uh, close to Cork. Dunmanway, yeah. Dunmanway, yeah. yeah. Um, and he he grew up there, and then his his mom passed away, um, tuberculosis, mm-hmm. um, and then his his dad was sort of broken up by it, and mm-hmm. then so he went to like an intern school. Yeah, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if that's the correct. It's like word. a boarding school. Is a boarding school yeah, or yeah. something. Uh, when he was seven. Mm. Uh, so then he went uh, like studying architecture okay in dublin uh, and when he was 20, 23 he decided to to move and go to just travel around europe by by foot what what, what year would that have been now this was 1959 he said 1959 yeah. so and he by, decided but then he was tr- 23 years old brilliant and then he told me uh, that the borders were open, sort of. It was after the the World War, mm-hmm. and and it was like a free spirit, sort of, mm. in general. Is his like recognition of it? Um, but but there weren't a lot of like uh, travelers mm. at the time in Europe, so he was sort of um, well well known. Not not well known, but he was like met with like, like a lot of re- respect. He said, yeah. Um, it wasn't like the time now, you know, when if you're 19 and you have a backpack, you can go all over Europe on interrailing at that point. He uh-huh. would have been one of few people who said, right, I'm going to, to try my luck. Exactly. How on earth did he end up here in Sweden? Because yeah. it, I, presumably he didn't sort of fly from Dublin to Stockholm and say, right, I'm uh-huh. going to make a life here. He made his way here somehow. Yeah, exactly. He actually told me uh, about sleeping in a field, uh, open field mm-hmm. uh, in Germany. 
uh, one like cold night, I don't know, fall or something, or maybe even winter. And w- waking up with like fr- fr- frozen hair, like snow, oh snow covered God. frozen hair. And I was like, oh, this is too, this is bad. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but they just, a little crazy, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Then they, they, they make them tough in Don Manway. You know? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he came to Denmark and worked for, I don't know, a few years. No, a few months, I think, in mm. Denmark, in Copenhagen, I think. Mm. And then he met a, a guy in, like, in the border between Denmark and, and, and Sweden, mm. in maybe Malmö or Copenhagen, I don't know. Yeah. And he said, uh, and he saw his ir- Irish like flag on, on the backpack and said, oh, you're, you're Irish. Yeah. Hop in. And, and, then, and then they went to, to, to Stockholm together. Okay. So, so he went with this uh, rich, rich guy who, yeah. who was uh, super nice, he said. Um, and he wanted to go to Stockholm and Sweden because of the architecture here. Okay, so that was what it was, yeah. So then he found a job, fo- found a job instantly. He mm. said, uh, working with architecture, um, and he built he built a lot of schools uh, in the in the Stockholm area. Did he? <laughs> yeah. So th- that would have been the time, of course, the post-war period in yeah. Sweden. It was a boom because Sweden wasn't in the war. No. You had timber and you had stone and you had yeah. everything you needed. Yeah. Everything was being built. Shortly after that, you had million programmet, so they mm. were building all these homes here. And yeah. But how easy was it? Because I wouldn't imagine he learned a whole lot of Swedish in Dunmanway or, or, or no, uh, or exactly. He, he said that would be interesting to look up actually. But but he said that he learned like he learned. Italian and and German, sort of in, on the way, yeah. uh, going around Europe. So actually, I suppose he just picked it up because yeah. he's a, a quick, a, like a quick learner. Yeah. Um, but that's a good question, actually. We should ask ask him. Oh, <laughs> oh we'll get to his, his episode will be coming when we track him yeah. down. We'll get to that in a little while. Perfect. <laughs> um, how now? Obviously, when when you go traveling Europe like that, you don't really have any idea of putting down roots and of staying somewhere and of creating a life. But if you come to Stockholm and you get a job in architecture, yeah. I'd imagine. I mean, Sweden was one of the richest countries in in Europe in the post-war yeah, period. Yeah. So I'd imagine he went, okay, I got a second. There's a lot more money here than there is. Yeah, exactly. Going back to Ireland. So how was it that he came to stay here? No, uh, I think he just fell in love, like with with the Swedish people. I yeah. think, uh, but it was also. A bit of like, uh, hip, like the like there was was a lot of crit, crit, criticism towards the the Sweden re- relations to to Germany. Mm, um, yeah, he told me too, and that's also like a big uh, part of why Sw- Sweden were got so rich sort of in, yeah. <laughs> in that time. So Sweden uh, was neutral essentially in the Second World War, but they did but allow which means that that they didn't stand exactly yeah, against they, the Germans exactly. So they yeah. let the Germans move through when they were invading and occupying Norway, and the same thing in the Winter War in Finland. And yeah. a lot of people at the time thought it was like you know it was a cowardly thing to do. You know, just preserve your own country by throwing everybody else under the bus. Yeah, exactly. So Sweden wasn't all that popular for, for quite some time no. after that. But it was okay. He 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 sort of went okay. I, I'm happy enough. I, I'm happy to stay here for a little while yeah 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 exactly and then he found his um, his girl sort of the love yeah. of his life um yeah. not sure exactly exactly which year um but they met through friends in some way yeah. <laughs> and that's my my dad's mom that's your dad's mom who saw, um, who, and she passed away like in the 80s when yeah. my dad was just 19 yeah do you know anything about her? Where was she from? Was she from the city of Stockholm, or was she from? She was outside? actually a Finnish a war, like war refugee. Okay, so yeah. she came by the boat, like a lot of uh, fin- Finnish people at the time. Yeah, um, we actually went to a funeral, like her mom's 
not her mom's funeral, but maybe her sister's funeral, like 15 years ago or something. Mm. And we've never met them before or after that, uh, like our relatives on that side. Yeah. And I've never met my Irish uh, re- relatives either, yeah. apart from, from Patrick, my grandfather. This is part of the reason you're here now, because we're going to try to connect you with that as you sort of plan yeah. a trip to go over there. Yeah. But just about your grandmother, because that's uh, Krik Spawn and the, the war children from Finland. They were obviously evacuated from Finland here to Sweden. Yeah. They didn't have an easy life, no more than your grandfather when his mother passed away. So there's yeah. a sort of a similarity there. Would, do you know how old she might have been when she came um, here? I think she was... She was she was very young. Um, that's at least <laughs> what I know. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, I think I know more, but I've got like not the best mem- memory sort of in this. Uh, uh, we're also we're putting <laughs> you on the spot here with no notes or anything. Exactly. Thing, you know. <laughs> um, your grandfather came here. He met your grandmother. They they married. They sort of been obviously very happy together for a few years and that kind of thing. But yeah. your grandfather seems to be sort of a fascinating character. He seems to get these ideas that because he doesn't live in Sweden anymore. Right? No, exactly. Right? They moved around, uh, and they told me actually he also moved. A lot during his studies in 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 Dublin. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, and he and he managed to to complete his stu- studies uh, abroad, sort of not not abroad, but like in other countries, be- because he had friends that could send him like info and like lecture notes and stuff. So okay. he was actually when he was a, a teenager o- already around in Europe and uh, traveling. <laughs> yeah. So I think he had maybe had a sense of, or maybe he felt like he had to to move around. Mm. Um, Maybe due to his like background, they weren't that poor. I think uh, yeah. his his family, but but he had like a rough childhood just because his mom passed passed yeah. away at an early age. Uh, well, well, usually for somebody like your granddad, going to boarding school was expensive. Uh, not yeah. everybody could afford that. Yeah. But the thing is that you know, if you lose your mother at that sort of young age, you mm. know, it's not money's no great protection from that. You no, know, it's still no. a difficult situation. And yeah. then I'm just thinking of the, you know, the Irish generation of men who are around there who wouldn't have known a whole lot about bringing up children or cooking no, or this no, kind exactly. of thing as well, you know? What, what's your own relationship to Ireland like? Because you're a big mm. fan of Irish music and you started yeah. to sort of explore That's sort of where it started, well. I think, with Irish music. <laughs> what's the first tune you remember hearing? And go, oh, okay. Uh, I think actually that's the, the Irish Rover. Okay, the Pose uh, in the Dubliners version, was uh, it? There you go, that's it. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's a brilliant tune altogether. Oh, was that what started you off? When did you realise who your granddad was and what realized, story you had? I think I realised actually at an early age. Um, but back then it was just like a funny thing that he was Irish. Yeah. Um, but he was a su- like a su- super good granddad, I have to say. Was he, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I was young, and he's, he's been living in Brussels since uh, the 90s or something with his uh, his new wife since then like he, he yeah. met Josely his his current wife now yeah. um, is she swedish as well or is she belgian she's actually from america from there the states you go. <laughs> <laughs> he so gets around your granddad <laughs> yeah they met in france somewhere i think like in in the nice area i think very good somewhere <laughs> yeah, down south um, so you would have been fairly young when he moved to brussels then would you yeah exactly and uh, i think when i was bo- I, I was born in 96 yeah. um by then he lived in brussels he was there but, already, yeah. but they they came often to us yeah know, to see us and, and celebrate everything and do babysitting and, and birthdays and christmas and this kind of thing yeah. yeah so when he arrives up you know he's your granddad you're three years old four years old five mm. years old yeah. you're starting to understand this yeah. thing right did he speak english to you did he still speak swedish does he speak swedish at all anymore yeah, he actually speaks uh, swedish and he speaks you can hear a slight accent some sometimes, like the like, like the R's, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Just Irish R's. Oh, sit in there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. But he speaks perfect, perfect Swedish, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I actually realized 
started listening to Irish music, I think thanks to the AIK Trubaduren, who is, you know, the troubadour of, of my, my team in, in, in Stockholm. Okay, so AIK, our good friend Zach Elbazadi, who's up yeah. on the wall over there, is, uh, so he, he's, uh, and it was, uh, how did he, the AIK Troubadour, this is a guy yeah, who basically sings and plays songs that AIK fans like, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, and they make uh, covers, uh, yeah. just co- covers of famous uh, music, sort of, yeah. and, and this song goes, Tokiga Hooliganer, yeah. so he sings Tokiga Hooliganer, Instead of the Irish roar. Okay, so so he takes the the, so the old Irish folk tunes and then he puts an AIK sort of yeah. spin on these. But it just made one Irish uh, thing, I think. That's so only one so far. Yeah. God, we'll have to dig that up and throw it into the podcast yeah, as well. But but you mentioned to me that there are like rebel songs or like wolf tone songs. And that exactly. Kind of that's actually unfortunately for 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 me that's mostly Ham- Hammarby has has the most of them I think <laughs> I was I was talking to a, a soccer commentator the other day called Con Murphy right a lot yeah. of people listen to this will know Con yeah. he worked for RTE for many years oh, yeah. and he was doing the last game of the Dormal Svenskan which mm. is the women's top flight the highest league here yeah. and if they won they were going to win the league and he said I was doing a game of theirs recently and uh, I heard this wolf tone song what wolf tone song is it that Hammarby yeah. fans sing they have uh they are singing like a lot of things actually. They, they sing Oh Ah Kennedy. Oh Ah Kennedy. Oh yes, and that's uh, that's from Oh Ah Abdera, which is Celtic Symphony, yeah, yeah. Celtic Symphony. <laughs> but that's also part of mon- many songs in Ireland, uh, like the Irish re- rebel songs. I think it's in almost all the Wolf Tones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but they also have this new Derby chant against Jurgården. Jur- okay. Uh, since I don't know 2015, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, sort of a cover of uh, "Go on Home, British Soldiers," oh, b- and they say, uh, and they say, "So Vishvin Jurgojablar." So they are like transferring that that theme sort of to to their ri- rivalry against Jurgojablar, uh, which have the same arena as as them, you know. Yeah, exactly, and tell, yeah, exactly, telling them to go home when they're already there. So the song, and that's the best dar- derby chant in in Stockholm, I think. You're a big fan of that one, unfortunately, right? because I'm Ico fan, so. Will, will, will you be appropriating that now with Oiko as well? Do you think? Uh, I cannot do that because you can't take the other team's songs. No, no, that's that's not <laughs> the, not the done. It's a shame if they got there before. You yeah. might have to find another Wolf Tone song. And definitely, redo it, definitely. Uh, do you know? I don't suppose you've asked anybody. Not that you would be speaking to a whole lot of Hammerby fans if you if you cheer for. Yeah, Oiko. no, actually, because I'm raised like in here in Southern Malm. Okay, over there in Southern Malm. Yeah. <laughs> so I know man, mostly Ham- Hammerby fans actually. Yeah. Has any of them ever explained to you where that uh, the particular chant or song? came from no no but i'm actually sort of in the mood to l- look that up because yeah. there there also is like a hammerby a new hammerby um sort of troubadour or yeah. something like that yeah and they just made made a new song like two months ago and it's on spotify and it's about the hammerby ha- handball player okay and that's also that's the like wedding wedding irish wedding song it's called the rattling bug oh the rattling bug yeah uh, okay yeah so i suppose there are i would l- want to to look investigate this you know what we're going to send you off as our roving reporter because yeah. at the moment you're getting into journalism as well yeah, right yeah. so we will be bringing you back to do this you know yeah. well let us get back to your grandfather so he yeah. left and he went to brussels yeah. in the 90s just as you were being born and that kind of thing you sort of got into this thing of the irish culture the irish music in particular is it something that was popular with your friends for instance you know if you were 17 18 getting mm. a few beers on a saturday night you know yeah. would you be listening to the pogues the dubliners that kind of thing is that something that you um, enjoy doing yeah i think actually we went to to maybe not at that time when, it, when we were 17 or 18 because hmm. uh, that was like I don't know ages ago that was 8 years ago yeah for those uh, for those some of us we say in Irish you know? but <laughs> but there are a few Irish bars in Stockholm oh, uh, again, right, yeah. nowadays 
back then when when Patrick moved here, there weren't a lot of bars. He said. Yeah. So um, definitely that we I think we listened maybe to some songs when we were when we were young, sort of. Yeah. But the pokes have been around a lot. My 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 mom said that when she was like in the like seventies, she yeah. she listened to them. Yeah. Live in Stockholm. Well, the Dubliners you were at the Pogues came yeah, in the 1980s, yeah. I think, but the Dubliners were everywhere yeah, Dubliners, at that point, yeah. you know. So there's an Irish band so that cool. we've had on the podcast before called Quilty. I don't know if you've oh, ever Quilty. seen them play. That, that's a good advice. I will listen. Oh, go, go have a listen to them. They're absolutely brilliant. They had a, a singer or a sort of a, a musician called Andy Irvine who was over here with them in March. I'll give you yeah. some of that stuff, you know. Perfect. And um, you want to sort of. Um, retrace Patrick's steps. You want to go the other way around and travel to Ireland in the near future, Definitely. is that right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was supposed to go during the uh, European Cup um, in 2020, but then the pa- pandemic came, so yeah. so I couldn't go to Ireland then. And of course, D- Dublin was supposed to be one of the host cities for that, and Dublin yeah. lost it because of the COVID restrictions yeah. that the government kept in place around Unfortunately. <laughs> what What's the plan, Jim? Uh, my plan, current plan is actually... I want to go to the Fail Festival. I'm not sure if I'm pr- pronouncing that right, correctly. The Fela, is it? Fe- Fela, yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay. And, and that's in Belfast. And that's where they just have this Wolf Tones still place, I think. Yeah. And it's just, you can look it up on YouTube. It's just just amazing uh, vibes. In oh, the, I saw it. Yeah, they, they, they had it last summer, didn't they? Yeah, and yeah, they, they did, did a version of Grace uh, that yeah. was all over YouTube and TikTok and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that, uh, that would be maybe the first step. Maybe go to Belfast for that festival and then mm. off to Dublin. Mm. Then I have some r- relatives left. I think Mavonie Smith is a person I know on Facebook now. And I think she's a relative of ours. Mm. And she lives in Cork, I think. So that would be amazing to see our old like relatives. Mm. Do you know a lot about uh, Dunmanway, about where your grandfather is from? Would you be able to go and say, okay, that's the house? I actually uh, looked it up on, on Google Maps. Did you? So, yeah. yeah. And, and I showed him for, for the first time. He, he saw it since, since he moved from, from there. Did and he never like, go oh. back? No, he never went back to Ireland. No, he, he never went back to Dunmanway, at least. But I suppose he went back a few times. Um, yeah. But, but it was a long time ago since. Yeah. Um, What's so, re- so he sort of never went back, you mm. can say, I think. What's his relationship with Ireland now? When he talks to you and you call him up and you say, ah, granddad, it's Jim here. Yeah. I'm planning on going to Ireland. Yeah. Does he sort of go best to look? Or does he go, oh, you have to look up this person and yeah. you have to see this person and you have to go to this place? I think for him, it feels like he's like sort of done with Ireland. Um, yeah. Because I don't know. I don't know why, so <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. But, but, I, but, but I, I suppose he has his life now and he's happy with like the way his life has been, sort of. Mm. Um, and he came to love Sweden as well, and, and then all of the other places. They lived, like, in a lot of uh, cities and, mm. and countries. Yeah. When my dad was young, too. They, like, they lived in Spain, in, like, the northern villages in Spain. Well. And they lived in France, in Paris, and in Nice, and everything, sort of. You got around the place? Yeah. <laughs> when you go over to Ireland now, and you go to Belfast, and maybe you go to Dunmanway, or maybe you go and see the school where mm. your granddad went yeah. to school, what, what do you expect? What do you hope to get from that trip? Maybe, like, just just a tracing back sort mm. of thing. It's always nice to to know where your, sort of where your D- DNA comes from, I, mm. I suppose. <laughs> do, do you think you'll feel at home there? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Um, Does that worry you? That you might go over there and it's fucking, nobody's nice to you and it's, the music <laughs> is dreadful and that kind of thing. I don't know because I think I just heard that the Irish people are super 
super nice. That's this is true. So, Straight um, facts. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 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 op- optimistic. Yeah. That's that's what I can say. Mm. <laughs> Your granddad was somebody that you mentioned. They're living in Spain, France, learning mm. Italian, German, that kind of thing. Do you have the same sort of wanderlust? Uh, do you have the same mm. desire to see the world that he had? I think I've had it for some times, but I also like had a long period now um, where I just uh, you know. I've I've been feel, feeling safe sort of in in Stockholm and in in you know the the local area. Yeah, yeah. And it's also fun to get to know Stockholm, and yeah. you still can learn a lot about St- Stockholm by li- living here and yeah. and go to parts of the city that I've never been to before and stuff mm. like that. Where, where did uh, you grow up in the city, or did you grow up here? I grew up. Uh, my first two years in life was in Stockholm in Södermalm. Yep. Then we actually went to the countryside, living in close to Uppsala. Okay. Yeah. Um, in a, like a small village. Yeah. Um, that was and it was a big house with like we even had we had sheep and we had pigs for like a short period of time. Well, and some chickens and stuff. Super. <laughs> and when did you move back into the city then? Was that it was when I was eight years old. Yeah. And that was a little scary because I got to know the safety in 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 this small small village. Yeah. And I knew people there, and I didn't know that many people here in Stockholm. Yeah. Um. So I was scared at first. But then, after six months or something, one year, two years, three years, then you got used to it. And yeah. now I'm, I feel like I'm stuck home. And what was that back on Södermalm then? Was that, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's amazing how you get stuck. I'm not stuck, but you so uh, stay in one place. We bought a house in Chiste, I think, you know, maybe we also bought an apartment in Chiste, I think. I'm going to stay here for a year or two. It's like 20 years ago, you know. Yeah, exactly. This, it's, you know? it's weird. I've, I've been li- living here now in, like, well, since 2004, so that's a long time now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it's cool, I think. When when are you heading to Ireland now? Have you picked a date? Fela will be next summer, I suppose, in Belfast. Yeah, I think it? it's exactly. I think it's in August. Yeah. Um, are you going to bring anybody with you? Have you a partner? Have you have children of your own? Have uh, you have your um, dad or anybody you want maybe to bring with a partner? You? If I find a partner by then, uh, I've been single now for like I don't know six years or something. So that's, that's cool. That's a anybody looking for a date? Contact the podcast. We will for me a lot of contact. will help you get, get in touch here with you. <laughs> But, but maybe it would be nice to bring friends too, and it would be nice to be like bring the whole fa- family. Yeah, Pat- it would be nice to bring Patrick too. But he's he's um, he just got eighty-seven years old, okay. like uh, last Sunday, even. So he's too old to travel from Brussels now. Oh, I don't know about that. Any man who yeah. can travel the world as a teenager, there's probably a little bit of uh, juice left in him. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> do you think when you talk to him, do you think he'd like to go back with you? I think I think he would like he would love that. I think, but I think it's also a little little you know he has to stay at home i think because yeah. he's like f- feeling old yeah exactly. So yeah. i think he's like bound by that in, in a sense comes to us all uh, do you have a lot of contact with him now because this is obviously something that you've taken a great interest in irish mm. music irish yeah. culture and being over there are you sort of on whatsapp to him every 15 minutes going oh by the way granddad yeah. what about this what about that <laughs> and does he appreciate the fact or you know that you're, you're interested in it or is it something that he kind of wants to leave behind him no i think i think he I think he feels that it's a little weird sometimes. I think yeah. uh, my my extreme passion for this because I just I l- currently I listen to Irish music all day, sort of for yeah. the past that makes two past weeks. But even like since the since twenty 2019, yeah, I've, I've been listening every week on like new Irish, new Irish, or I mean old old Irish. Yeah, it's new for you, but yeah. old Irish music. Yeah. <laughs> discover new things. But it's also fascinated. I think. Yeah. Um. So that's that's. That's cool, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what are the chances? Is he technologically literate? Is there a chance that we might be able to get him on this podcast, do you think? Uh, I would hope so. And he has, uh, 
his wife's like uh, his wife's daughter lives there and she also has daughters and stuff and they can help with this i think right this techno technological thing <laughs> right so what we're going to do is as, as jimmy's first job jim's first job in sort of you know major international journalism is going to be to get patrick in front of a, a zoom or get him on the phone or something like yeah. that we're going to call him up and uh, that would be That'd be pretty cool, okay? Yeah. But the other thing that we have to do is, I think we might have to go there with you. I think we're going to have to meet you at some point in yeah. Belfast for the Irish and Sweden podcast. Yeah, for sure. And find out. God, wouldn't be something else now if... Uh, our AIK playing in Europe next year, no? Missed out on that. No. If 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 we win the cup in the spring, we we could go to Europe. That could year. happen, because I know you, Gordon, played against Shamrock Rovers before. Yeah, so we did. Be interesting to go over there and see uh, Definitely. Over there. And I also want to go see Celtic, because they have this I- Irish connection too. Yeah, in yeah. In Glasgow. Um, Is this something that, you know, from the point of view that, because we're in touch because of, there's a journalist, a mutual friend of ours, Mats Falk, who's a journalist and that kind of thing. Is this something you'd like to make something of? Is this mm-hmm. a story that you'd like to tell yourself through journalism or through podcasting or through writing about it? Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Um, there's a lot of interesting things things to do i think in 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 journalism in general so i would love to do sort of many things maybe some irish maybe some like hip-hop irish hip-hop would be nice to discover and yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i heard a few songs from them i think so far Uh, so i have a lot of like things that i that i like to do in the future um but we will, we will just wait and see. <laughs> we will wait and see. But whatever it is you choose to do, you're always welcome back to the Irish and Sweden podcast yeah. to tell us about where you're going. Jim, thanks so much for speaking to thank me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there you go, lads. The wonderful Jim Smith Rienstra who came down to visit the studio and tell us the story of his granddad. And I found that amazing, the whole thing about rebel songs being appropriated by Hammerby fans and that. If you happen to hear or if you happen to be sitting on any recordings of Hammerby fans singing things or any other fans for that matter using rebel songs or Irish traditional tunes uh, for football songs, do get in touch. We'll drop them in the podcast because I think that would be fascinating to hear. And it gets better because uh, I got in touch with Jim again afterwards. I should have said Jim got in touch with me. And he has spoken to his grandfather down in Brussels in Belgium. And his granddad goes, of course I will go on the Irish and Sweden podcast. So we're going to set that up. Uh, Grandad Jim Rienstrom is going to come on here and uh, he's going to tell us his side of the story. So we've got the first side of the story from Jim, from his, uh, his, his what would you call him, an heir? From his descendant, if you like, here in Stockholm. And now we're going to get the story from the man himself. So that'll be coming up in the coming week as soon as we manage to get hold of him down there still bright and spry in his late 80s but we'll get him on here and have a chat listen there's one thing that I have to play we mentioned football there and uh, there was a bit of crack to be had with the rebel songs and Hammerby fans and all this kind of thing right but there's another thing I have to play uh, and it was Grey down in Gothenburg he's a good friend of Ian Maloney and I think he, he might be from America I don't know if he's Irish or not but in any case I was chatting to him the other day there and he was talking about our good friend Cormac O'Brien now Cormac as you will remember he was on here talking about rugby referee and that kind of thing but he's a huge soccer fan as well and he goes to see Beko Hecken which is a local team there in Gothenburg they won the men's Allsvenskan not this season but last season and they also won the women's Dom Allsvenskan last year I was only down there actually last week for one of their Champions League games they're doing really really well in the women's Champions League but I was talking to Grey and it turns out that uh, Cormac turned up on a Swedish football podcast and this is the exchange that happened with a commentator named Niklas Holmgren on that particular podcast have a listen Oh God! So I have via play, and yeah, they have a. Yeah. Co- you guys have a commentator, and all he does, he shouts, and he says the <laughs> same. He says the same three things all the time, like "Harcomer Starling, Harcomer Starling, Harcomer Starling." <laughs> <laughs> Is it you? <laughs> 
Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, this is embarrassing. I must say, I'm not a massive fan of your style, sir, but I respect your passion. I respect your passion. There you go. The commentator is, of course, the great Nicholas Holmgren, a good friend of mine from, uh, my God, I've seen him in football stadiums all over the world at this stage. And he is very well known for that very sort of passionate choking his head off, repeating himself kind of thing. But at least he has the sort of uh, the humility to be able to, to have a bit of a, a chuckle about himself as well. Good man, Cormac O'Brien, for calling him out there. I must actually bump into Cormac in the last day. I'm going to be going down there for another Champions League game on the 20th of December. So we'll have to catch up with the community down there for a drink ahead of Christmas and that kind of thing. Listen, speaking of Christmas, uh, you will have heard the business shout out last week from uh, Taylor and Jones, now now known as the Butcher's Deli. Uh, don't forget the likes of Tushed, the likes of Mutley and Jacks, the likes of Ivan Keane's Brewing and our various other microbrewers around the place. Start getting your orders in now, lads, because that makes all the difference uh, to the Irish team and Irish-owned small businesses around the place. Get your orders in for Christmas, sort them all out, uh, get the beers in the fridge, get your turkey and your sausages and your stuffing and your all sorts of stuff sorted out as soon as you can. Less is more in Gotham great idea for uh, stocking fillers down there you can get uh, second hand English books fire them in a stocking there very big team this year I would say in terms of sort of recycling and doing things now at the other end of the present scale is our good friend Daniel Hickey from County it is Tipperary isn't it Dan Jay-Z will kill me if I get this wrong altogether but uh, because I think Dan played underage for Tip as well but in any case Dan has a, a Christmas present with a difference right so if you have won the lottery or that kind of thing no I'm only joking uh, Dan is basically a professional golfer who owns a driving range here just at Orlando close to the airport there uh, former professional on the Swedish tour and has played in, in tournaments all over Europe and that kind of thing but he and his partner at Impa Golf Impa Golf is the name of the driving range where you can get lessons and you can go and use all their fancy simulators and it's fantastic now the snow is on the ground to be able to go out there but they are organising a golf trip to Spain in Costa Blanca of all places. Now, the trip has taken place from the 19th to the 26th of April in 2024, right? Uh, it's a, basically a full week. It's uh, seven nights out there and there is all the golf that you can manage, right? The La Sela golf course, the El Bosque golf course and the Parador de El Celar golf course. I know Dan has often been down there training uh, during the winter and that, you know, so he works in, in surveying and engineering and that uh, and he'd often be down there training and, and conducting his business from down there is an amazing uh, I don't know how the guy keeps the whole thing together between you know uh, the, the business and the, the playing golf and that kind of thing but a fantastic golfer out there you will have heard myself and a few of the lads out there this time last year maybe it was January last year when they opened Impa Golf out there and I'll have to pay him another visit but that is going on there so go find Impa Golf Impa Golf I-M-P-A I think in total the whole week of golf would cost around about 24,000 crowns and that's including flights with SAS and it's including hotels and it's including meals and it's including everything like that so it actually looks not that I'm, a, I'm an appalling golfer altogether but it actually looks like really good value for money if you can manage to keep the ball on the fairway at all so go search for Impa Golf I'll try to include the link in the show notes uh, to the trip which is being organised with by Impa Golf and Future Travel and it's definitely worth what you know if, uh, if you have a few bob lying around the bank and it's somebody's 50th birthday or their anniversary or you want to do something nice for somebody or you want to do something nice for yourself it's, it looks like a really really good idea if you're a bit of a golfing fan right if you want to do something nice for me, lads, you can support the show, right? Go to 
patreon.com forward slash arrow man in Stockholm and contribute a five or a month and Anthony Morrissey is going to be chasing you now because we're trying to get more subscribers in there we really don't have a whole lot of paying subscribers and it's very unfortunate because it means that I end up having to prioritise other things and I just want to be able to make these podcasts for you and to be able to dedicate the time every Sunday and Monday to getting these things out there so patreon.com forward slash arrow man in Stockholm the podcast will always be free lads because I remember what it was like to be poor in Sweden and I'm not going to deny anybody access to this community or this information right not going to happen but that said if you can afford a few bob throw it in if swish is your thing right and swish be jays is my thing that must be the most used app after twitter on my phone because the kids are forever onto you looking for money for this that and the other one two three two four two four one six six one two three two four two four one six six you can make a once-off donation there go straight into the bank account yulia the wonderful accountant from my business controller all bear she goes in there pays all the taxes and the bat and make sure everything is done so that's a great way to contribute as well swish to one two three two four two four one six six now uh one of the things that i meant to tell you as well that i did discover when i was down in gothenburg last week i was only flying there i wanted to meet ian maloney down there but i ended up not having the time to meet anybody but what i did do on the way home lads was i ran into the hem shop in nordstone Hemshap and Nordstan. What would you be doing down there, Phil O'Connor? Why would you be doing that in a supermarket in Gothenburg? Well, lads, if you're listening last week, you will have heard the Kilmeden Irish cheddar, the red cheddar, the one that we all know, love and miss so much, has been seen in the wild in Gothenburg. So intrepid safari explorer that I am, I traipsed off down to Nordstan before getting on the train and I braved the wilds of Hemshap on a Friday morning just before lunch, right? And I made my way through to uh, where everything was very chilly towards the fridges at the back where they keep all the milk products and the cheeses and that kind of thing and there lads among the cheeses I found it Kilmeaton the fillet of Irish cheddar they're not paying for this slot nor do they have to such is the majesty of their product right what did I do lads I emptied the whole lot into the basket so I'm sorry if you were in central Gothenburg looking for your Kilmeaton on Friday and you couldn't find it there's a very good chance it was my, my fault and I apologise it's one of those sorry not sorry apologies you know one of them but it is in the wild there and I have heard it mentioned uh, Paddy Blackby on there and Tabby was telling me that he has discovered it in a hem shop here in Stockholm I couldn't find it in Mall of Scandinavia uh, when I went there last week but I did find it down at Nordstone in Gothenburg uh, if you do find it feel free to drop me a message on Instagram or to, to you know tag the, the Irish and Sweden podcast or tag me in a post and we'll let people know where it is because uh, I think it's very important as well for Irish suppliers when they're getting into the market A that, that we know about it that the Irish community knows about it and B that we support it right because what these supermarkets they don't care about Kilmeade and Irish cheddar to the extent of that you or I do right uh, but if we're there buying it they're going to keep it in the shelves for us lads and lassies right so if you can if that's your thing if you're not lactose intolerant if you like that kind of thing get yourself out and about there get your fillet of Irish cheddar and get it into your fridge there and hopefully they will keep it on the shelves here because of course there's great competition for shelf space in supermarkets as you already well know that is it for this week lads and lassies I will be out and about as I say with the Irish Chamber of commerce in sweden i will be popping into our sponsors at veerstrom's pub at some point during the week as well you never know we might in there end up in there over the weekend with the irish chamber of commerce in sweden uh but i will be back again next week and uh, we already know that next week is going to be around that irish chamber of commerce in sweden event uh remember the carrie cook's exhibition of textiles is still going on there we're going to be dropping down to her at some point during this week as well alana robbins still has an exhibition uh going on in town as well called comfort ye my people you will find podcasts about all those things are 
mentions of those things on previous podcasts so despite the fact that the snow is on the ground get around there get out there get be supporting uh, Irish business and be supporting Irish artists and Irish creators and the people who are out there doing various different bits and pieces we'll support this podcast if you want to as well and I will be back to you again next week with another episode of the Irish in Sweden podcast until then my friends look after yourselves look after one another and I'll talk to you again very soon mm-hmm.